Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited to share episode number 99 of our podcast with you. Today, you're going to hear from my friend Ricardo Benitez. He's a redshirt freshman at Baylor University, a member of the Baylor football team. He's a graduate of Plano West High School in Plano, Texas. He was also born with a rare physical disability called femur hypoplasia bilateral. You're going to hear about that in this episode. He's going to talk about that and how God has used that in his life. He's just an incredible young man, full of life, full of passion for Christ, for others, for serving and loving others. I cannot wait for you to hear from Ricardo, so let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Ricardo. Hello. You bet. So let's start this out just from just so the listeners kind of get an idea of who you are. So tell us a little bit about yourself, about your family, and maybe where you grew up. So I was born in uh, Plano, Texas, and... Uh, my parents were, my mom was born in San Antonio, my dad was born in uh, Mexico City. Uh, my dad became a citizen of six, and, um, you know, when it was time to have me, the doctors um, found some things within the sonogram that looked as if there wouldn't be much of a chance for me to live a life mm. of, uh, you know, live a life of where independence or even live a life that would last past two years old. And so they offered an abortion. Um, mm. They put, you know, they told my parents, you know, it might be best if you guys have an abortion. And my mom and dad, um, they, were, they weren't even considering it a thought. They wanted to have me. And regardless of whatever they were saying, they were just going to trust God. And uh, I'm blessed to say that they did because I think it came out pretty good. That's awesome. So, I mean, that's incredible for your parents to... I mean that's a that's a tough. I can't imagine. How to neither make neither can I. I can. Yeah. I mean, they tell me the story and they cry every time they sell it. They they say it, but it's, not, it's probably not even um, a glimpse of what they went of what they went through. Right. Yeah, I can't imagine. So, kind of carrying on a little bit about that story. You were born with a rare disability called femur hypoplasia bilateral. Yes, sir. So. Tell us what that is, and then talk about the impact of it that you, that it's had on you and even your family. So femur hypoplasia bilateral is just a big fancy word, meaning that I have no femur bones in both of my legs. And other than that, it really hasn't. I mean, it's as far as the impact on my life, I mean, it's been everything. Um, and it's been everything to my parents, too, as well. But I just think that they raised me in a way where... They raised me as, a, as just any other child. They didn't raise me as a kid with, with disability. Hmm. And I think that's maybe the man I am today. And um, I love them for that because, I mean, without, without them, I wouldn't be where I am. So I can imagine um, your parents having been faced with a decision like that and then dealing with the, the rare... This physical disability that you've had that, you know, faith plays a big role right? Um, in their life and in yours. So talk about your family's faith and then at what point did you kind of make it your own personal one as well? Um, so, you know, growing up, you, you don't know. Mm. You, know like, you don't know why, why it's happened to you. And I just think, um, you know, as far as sports in my life, it's just, you know, I grew up watching Dallas Cowboys play, you know, every Sunday as a six-year-old, seeing, um, at the time, I think it was Tony Romo, when he was really good, you know, 2007 with the divisional round uh, run, and seeing him make those big throws, seeing um, seeing these big-time receivers make the catches, seeing the linebackers make the hits, you know, I wanted to be that. And when you, grow up, when you grow up in Texas, it's a requirement everyone plays football. You know, you see all your friends play football, everyone at the playground plays football, and you're thinking to yourself, you know, why can't I do that too? So... 
you know, that was my goal, you know, like, everyone was playing football, so why can't I? So, I wanted to go play peewee, and when it was my, you know, when it was my time to get registered for one of the peewee teams, the coach was, the coach wouldn't let me on their team, and I didn't really understand it, but I think in the back of my head, like, I knew what the reason why was when I saw the other kids around me, and I saw myself, and that just really tore me because that's just, I just didn't understand as a six-year-old why couldn't I play football like the rest of them and why, you know, what's the difference between me and them? The only difference between, the only difference between me and someone else is how I get from point A to point B and that's really just it. And so growing up, you don't know why and then even with, with God and Jesus, you know, I grew up in a family that, you know, my parents, you know, tried to get to go to church every Sunday but I would go to church and I would hear about this God who loves me and who sent his only son to die on the cross for me but if he loved me so much, then why did he make me like this? Hmm. And that's what would just go through my head all the time. Like, this this person doesn't love me that they're saying. They're, they're, you know, he's a liar. He hates me. He made me this way. And so when you grow up with that anger, it it eats you. And so you know, I didn't want to go outside. I didn't want to I didn't want to go to the grocery store. I wanted to stay home. And for a good part of, you know, growing up, I was homeschooled as well. I... And those homeschooled, you know, I didn't really go outside much, so I ended up, you know, gaining weight. I ended up uh, just not wanting to be me. I wanted to be anyone else but Ricardo Benitez. Hmm. And that just really took a toll on me because I wanted to be anyone. I didn't want to be me at all. You know, I didn't, I didn't like the way I looked. I didn't like the way I walked. And so as I grew older, I went to this camp called Camp John Mark. And Camp John Mark hosts um, a summer camp. For one week, and each camp has one week camp for kids with physical disabilities and uh, other abnormalities um, of what they have. And all my sister I said, and the camp I went to was for kids with spina bifida. And I, mean, I, don't, I don't have spina bifida, but it was just something close that I guess we have in common. I really don't know how it works, but I was blessed to, to be able to go to the camp. And I was around 12 years old when I met this kid. And this was when, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go play football next year at my middle school, seventh grade, and, you know, I really hope I can play. And I met this kid. He was around three years younger than me. He was nine years old. And I was telling him I play football and that, you know, I, I really i am excited for the season and all that stuff. And he told me, he's like, wow, you play football? I want to be like you. Hmm. And this kid, he was in a wheelchair. He has no ability to walk. He has bowel problems. He uses a catheter. And for someone to tell me that they want to be like me just changed my whole entire life. And then that's when I started seeing, you know, God work into my life too. God work into my life too. And just seeing, just hearing those words saying, for someone telling me that they want to be like, be like me just made everything better. Because I finally see, I finally saw a guy that loved me when, when he said that to me. Because it finally made me think that, you know, this, this life I've been given is the greatest life in the world. Because I'm able to run. And it may not be like the guys on my team. And it may not be like, you know, Usain Bolt, but I can still run. And there's some kids in the world who don't, have the, who don't have that ability to run. And that's what just really drives me every day, that, that I have the ability to do it, so i got to keep pushing. And regardless of what the ability is, it's still an ability that God gave me, that God gave me, and I'm grateful for it. So that's when really just, um, so when he said those words, and then, when sports came along, it just became my why every day. And Mark Twain uh, said, I don't, really, I, don't, I don't know word for word, but it's, he said something along the lines where the two most important days of your life is the day when you're born and the day you find out the reason why. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the day when I found a reason why. And it was to, 
it was to be the best I can be and show that the only disability in the world is a bad attitude. And so ever since I met that kid, you know, that's when I really, when I met Jesus as well. That's crazy how God can use different people to to show His love, and in your case, a nine-year-old boy who had more challenges than you, right? Yes, sir. And wanted to be like you. That's wow. So you talked about love in sports. Um, you talked about you know wanting to play for your middle school. So what was it like hearing that you're cleared to play seventh grade football? Oh, I mean, that, that was another challenge of its own. I still remember going through. Um, man, just thinking back on that now, it's just it's just crazy, you know, how much I had to fight just to even be cleared to play football back then. And uh, you know, I went through seven pediatricians just to find a, just to find one that would finally clear me. Wow! And I remember my dad and I being in the phone with nearly every single doctor we could find, you know, within the area. Like, hey, this is my son. This is his story. Um, could you could you come play football? And the thing that would really just not one well, that didn't make sense to me is that they were scared of me getting hurt which at the end of the day everyone on the football field can, can get hurt at any time not just me and it's not like I was asking you know I, I knew I knew that I wouldn't I was never going to be you know the starter you know I wasn't going to be the guy who's playing the whole entire game mm-hmm. maybe I get in at the end if I'm lucky but I just I mean I knew what I was wanting to do and that was okay with me and and it's just kind of hurt me because you know why was you know why why was it that no one was, was trying to clear me because of something that they don't even know because they don't know you know only god knows if i'm gonna get hurt and even if i do get hurt you know it's, it's not like i was doing something that i didn't want to do you know this is something that i love and when i finally found a doctor that cleared me you know it was like it was just like finally you know like god was like you know i felt like after all the fight i went through to find out to clear me it was like it was just everything to me. And so ever since then, you know, I was quite played throughout high school and it was just an amazing feeling. And So how did the, especially like on the high school level, I mean, your big 6A Texas high school, uh, which is like playing small college, so how did your teammates accept you? What was it like going through those, going through Texas high school football? Yeah, I think, um, I think that at first, I, just, I remember in middle school, and even in eighth grade and especially ninth grade, I remember like I don't think people really thought that I was serious about this. Mm. I think some people just thought that I was just trying to you know just be on a team and just uh, sort of just stand around, I guess. But once when the conditioning happened and they saw that I was running with the team and they saw that I was lifting more than the other players too, um, they're like, "Wow, Ricardo's really about it." And that just and it also like and over the years they were like. As over the years, I could I could see the team like more gravitate towards me, mm-hmm. as as more of a leader and just more as just a guy that everyone wants to be around too. Um, I think that once they were like, I think once everyone realized that I was just a normal player too, that's when they saw how great I was. And that senior year, you know, I was named captain and um, it was just great. And I still, I mean, as I love it even at Baylor. I mean, I think it's what's, the best thing about Baylor is that within like the first two months it like not not even two months I say two weeks I felt like everyone at Baylor was like loved me the way that the high school team loved me and that's what I loved about Baylor too like I didn't expect that I didn't I did not expect Baylor to accept me as fast as they did which is just so cool um 
which is funny because within the first two weeks, I texted um, the group chat that we have for high school on the high school team. I was like, I texted them, I was like, all y'all are the worst people ever because it took y'all four years and it took these guys <laughs> two weeks. And um, it was it was just great to see. And um, you know, I think that um, I just had to work harder than everyone else to just to be looked at as a player, which is I understand that too. You know, just something that I've kind of do in my life, kind of worked a little bit harder than everyone else just to be looked at as a regular player, and that's fine with me. Um, but once uh, I think once everyone realized that I was just a regular player like them, that's when um, everything was just fun. So you mentioned Baylor. So how did you – I know you attended some other college camps, football camps. So how to talk about the process, I guess, of ending up at Baylor. So – so I, I'm trying to think of everything to not make sure I don't leave anything anything out. But I remember that in high school when I, I was around freshman year going into my sophomore year, I had a feeling that that I really wanted to go play in college. And I had that goal. And I know my goal I mean my goal was obviously, you know, you know, go to playoffs in high school and win a state championship and all that other stuff. But my like my end goal was like after all this, you know, I want to go play again. And so, I mean, that's like every other high school player, too, you know, and and not every other high school player wants to go play college, you know, whether they say they don't want to or they say they're not, you know, if if a high school player right now, whether they're, you know, the five-star or no-star ranked, if they get offered a chance to go play college football, they're probably going to end up doing it. Um, So that was my goal. And I remember praying to God so many times throughout high school, you know, I don't know where I'm going to end up, but I trust you. When it's all said and done, I don't know where I'm going to end up, but I'm but I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to do everything I can. Just trust me that I work hard and bless me if it's if it's in your plans. And so I, my first camp I went to was a UNT camp with Coach McCarney when he was head coach there, and then I also went to SMU camp with Coach Ed Morris, and then I went to another SMU camp uh, with yeah UN, uh, another SMU camp also with Ted Morris, another UNT camp with Coach Latrell, and uh, finally going into my senior year, I went to Baylor football camp with Coach Rule, and that's where I met Fran Brown. And uh, out of all of the three camps, out of all the three colleges I went to, SMU, UNT, and Baylor, um, I did not think Baylor was going to call me, which is kind of funny because they ended up, I mean, which I didn't, not because like, I didn't think that, not because of anything like bad. I just, I just didn't know. I just didn't think Baylor was going to be the one to call me just because it was just, uh, honestly, I dropped a lot of passes when I went there for the football camp. I dropped so many footballs. I was just so nervous. And um, and I remember Fran Brown, um, he was yelling at me, catch the ball, catch the ball. I was like, yeah, I, yes, sir, yes, sir. And I, was, I just kept dropping past. I didn't even know what was going on with me that day. Um, but <laughs> I just remember that day. It was really funny. Um, so when it was all said and done, after my senior season, I had a goal and ended up wanting to go play again. I mean, that was my goal. I mean, that was my goal to go play. I just didn't know where. And so in January, it was an MLK day. I was sitting on my couch, and I was actually composing an email, my sort of, like, email, like, structure of where I was going to email. this one email to all the other coaches, like, all the other colleges around me. It's like saying, hey, this is my story. I, my goal is to go play college football. If you have a spot on your roster, um, please contact me back if you see me being on your roster. And then as I composing that email, I get my Twitter – I get a Twitter notification – and it says from Fran Brown when he was at uh, Baylor. And I said, call me. And he had his number. And I'm thinking, no way, no way, no way. And I was actually just on this couch. And I said, no way. So I just run to my I run to my room. And then I, I call him like, hey. <laughs> and he's like, hello. 
I'm like, uh, what's going on, Coach, Coach, uh, Coach Fran? He's like, uh, nothing, nothing. Listen, uh, we want you on our team. Wow. And I was like, what in the world? And he says, because you know, I haven't applied yet to Baylor because that was, really wasn't a school I was looking at unless, you know, by chance that they would, <laughs> they would call me to come play for them, which they ended up doing, thank God. And, um, and then, you know, once I got accepted in and then we made it official that I was going to go play and it was just such a... It was just such a great, great day, and I remember just everything, like, just, like, I sort of remember, like, reaching the top of the mountain, and it just felt so good because that's everything I worked for throughout high school was to, be, to end up to have the chance to go play college, and and I'm just so blessed that it was a school like Baylor because I really, I love it at Baylor. I love all the, like, all the guys in the locker room. I, like, I, I really do think, like, all of them are just great people, and I love the coaches there, too, and it's just such a great time there, and I'm just so glad that at the end of the day it was Baylor. Um, but yeah, that's how, that's how I got there, and it was really cool. And part of that journey too is as a walk-on. I mean, you had to pay some tuition, and right. everybody knows Baylor's not a cheap place to, no. to attend. So, you know, talk about the craziness of the GoFundMe account. Um, yeah. Just kind of give the listeners a, a yeah. glimpse of that. That's just some, to me, just a whole other story. Yeah, I know. Gosh, so many other stories within yeah, this one story about <laughs> not just being a part of the football team, but getting the money so quickly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So when your dreams run in front of you, you don't say no. You just say yes, and you pray to God it works out. And that was kind of like when, when I found out I was accepted into Baylor and when I found out you know, I was going to have a chance to play on the football team, I just said yes. And, and when, I, when I said yes, I also didn't know that it was going to be really expensive to go. But like I mean, I, I mean, what do I say when your dreams are in front of you? You don't just say no. You just grab it and say, "All right, let's see what we, what, what happens." And you say, "You grab it, see what happens." And you say, "I trust you, God." And, and so that God will provide. Yeah, no doubt. And so that's what I did. And I applied for so many scholarships. I was an avid. Um, I was an avid through high school. So it's an advanced via individual termination, and they help with college prep, and they help with um, you applying to scholarships and all this stuff. And I applied to about twenty of them. Uh, and I did not get a single one back, which was like, oh my gosh. So when it was time to, when it was time to, you know, pay the bill and all this money. And like, I was like, for the past, like all, all throughout that summer, I was like talking to a bunch of friends, like, Hey, listen, I don't know what to do. Like, help me out. You know, give me some advice. And at the end of the day, it came out to like, I can go to Baylor and I can be the hardest worker ever. And I can work my butt off. But I know that I know that, like, I'm not going to get a scholarship there just because I know I won't because they're, they're going to want to give it to a person who can play on the field. And I understand that. You know, I'm not... It's a numbers thing, you know, It's right? a numbers thing, and I, and I understand it, too. I mean, I'm not... I mean, I'm a, I, I'm a big dreamer guy, but I know that there's some reality in within the dream mm-hmm. and that no matter how hard I worked, I wasn't going to be put on scholarship at Baylor versus another walk-on who would take out the loan would eventually end up being put on scholarship if they work hard. And if you know everything works out in their favor, which I, which in that case, and go yeah, go chase your dream, go do it that way. But for me, it was it was a bit different. I mean, it's way different actually, not even a bit. So that was so when I when I finally came out of that, I was like, man, you know, I worked, I did everything I could control, and now there's just a dollar sign in my way, which is kind of broke me because, you know, I you know I, I did everything right throughout high school. You know, I my grades, I didn't as best I could my grades. I took the SAT. I took the SAT like three times, just trying to get a better score. Um, and when it all came down to the the risk versus reward, it just and I didn't want to put that type of financial 
um, grief on like my future wife or my future kids. You know, I didn't want them to not be able to go to college because I'm still paying for my college. Mm. You know, I didn't I didn't want to not be able to give my wife and kids that house that I want to give them because I'm still paying for my college still at Baylor. And um, so when I when I you know when I called Fran, Coach Fran, that I wasn't be able to come, it just really it just really hurt me because that was everything like I wanted to do for the past since I was six years old. Right. Really, since I was six years old, that's all I wanted to do was go play college football, was go be a football player. And the fact that a dollar sign was in, was like keep me from it just like kind of broke me. And so my one of uh, so my friend Cameron, um, she's at Boise State now. She's in my grade. She's at Boise. She's on the women's Boise State tennis team, and she's she's someone you should interview too. Honestly, she's she's uh, she's great. And um, so she uh, she called me, and she was like, "Hey, Ricardo." I'm like. What's up, Cameron? And then she's like, "What if we start uh, a GoFundMe?" And I mean, I I originally like didn't want to do it just because I didn't know how it would be looked at by, and because that's not I'm not someone to go ask people, you know, for for stuff like I mean I don't know I was it was just a really weird time, like, not, like it was just like a different situation like I just. I just felt bad if I were to go ask people for money because right. that's just not, I mean, that's just not something that I like to, it's hard to do. You know, it's, it's a hard thing to do. Like, it, like, I mean, I've never, I don't really ask, I'm not a person to be asking people for stuff. Like, I don't even let my friends pay for stuff for me sometimes just because, like, I don't want that. Right. I don't want that. You know, I'm my own, I'm my own person. Not not saying that, like, I, um, Ricardo, I can do it all. Like, that's not at all. It's just, like, it's a hard thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. To ask someone for money. And I was like, Cameron, and she's, uh, you know, she, I can tell that, um, she thought it would work and I was like alright let's let's try it out and uh, 12 days later I was uh, I was applying to community college on Thursday before the first uh, day of school on Monday and then on that Monday I was at Baylor University 9am in, uh, in class wow which is just so crazy and I think uh, you know without without her and her uh, and her genuine kindness and goal and of just saying, hey, let's try to see it out. Um, I would not have been a Baylor, and especially to everyone else who donated, I would not have been a Baylor. Um, so it was just an amazing feeling that it was like, wow, I'm finally here. And it was just so surreal. I, I think, I mean, I still pinch myself. Like, throughout the whole entire school year, I just couldn't believe it when I would wake up in my dorm, and I'm like, wait, is this real? I still remember that first week. I, I thought, I swear I was going to wake up any second, and I know it sounds so cliche, but I really did feel like it wasn't real because right. a week, a week oh, like, like five days before, I was applying to community college, and nothing bad about community college at all. Right. Nothing well, bad. It's just that when my dream was, you know, this is my goal, and then I was there. And it was just totally different situations, but um, it was just such an amazing... I don't... Like, I, I just don't know if I can say how like grateful I was to everyone who was around it just because it just it really did just change my life and it was just such an amazing feeling and I can go on and on saying faithfully yeah, absolutely. But yeah it was no. great and so you talked about that first day of class and then you're a member of the football team you've already alluded to how the teammates accepted you um, and then to kind of add to the dream you get to dress out yeah um, for three games uh, two of which at home and then the bowl games. Right. Talk about 
being able to put that Baylor uniform on on game day. I mean, it's different than practice and just taking the field of McLean Stadium. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful place. Yeah. A lot of phenomenal athletes have played in that stadium in its short, short history. So talk about what it, mean, what it meant for you to just to go out there in full uniform. I felt like the first time – like, for the first time, like, football, like, loved me back in that moment. Mm. Just because it's just been such, like, an uphill battle. And when I finally put on, you know, the Baylor jersey with my name on the back, my last name on the back, and the 17, and it just felt like I did it. Like, in that moment, like, God was, like, God told me, like, look what, look what we've done together. Like, like look, what, look what we've done together, Ricardo. Like, this is your platform, and... It was just so great to, you know, put on a jersey and pass because I haven't put on a jersey pass since, you know, my last game of uh, Plano West, and it was just, uh, it was amazing. I, I feel like I was always on top of the mountain, and just to run out of the, turn, run out of the tunnel um, felt like, I felt like a superhero. Not going to lie, I felt like a superhero. Oh, absolutely. And it was, it, was just, it was just great. I felt like I was on top of the world, and the fact that we won that game, too, was even better, and uh, it was great. You're three and zero when they Baylor's three and zero when you dress out. Two and one. Two and one. Two and one. Winning record. Yeah, not bad. I'm not bad. I have my math wrong. Okay, no, two and good. one. Two and one. But you can remind Coach Rule of that this next fall. But hey, we're yeah. still winning. When, still winning when you dress. Yeah. So you talked about you. You said it, it just gave you more of a platform. So. Um, Obviously, faith is a big part of that. So how have you seen your faith grow through this journey and also using the platform that you have? So this past summer, well, I mean, this, this summer, should I say, this summer, I, uh, for one week, I was a camp counselor at Camp John Mark for Kids of Spine Bifida. I was a volunteer camp counselor uh, seven days, and then I was a volunteer camp counselor seven days at Variety's Peaceable Kingdom Retreat for Children. I think I said that right. Um, out in Killeen, and um, and that camp was for kids with arthrogryposis and missing limbs. And I knew that going into the summer, I really wanted to make a goal that people know that you're a Baylor, that you're in the Baylor, that you're on the Baylor football team now. Here's a platform that you have, that you have built, you know, through the past since you were since you were in middle school. Now's your now's your time to use it, Ricardo. Like, and I kind of I kind of felt that like that kind of like goal and that pressure coming on to me like you have to do this now because this is what you're called to do you're called to go help other kids with physical disabilities hmm. know that they can do anything they can and that there's no disability that that is within them there's no disability in the world um and so and so when i felt that pressure I was like all right i'm gonna go i'm gonna apply to as many camps that i'm able to do see what my schedule is like and i was able to bless you these uh two weeks and I just learned so much, and it's a good reminder that to never take anything you do for granted, because even though, um, you know, even though I am born with a physical disability, you know, I can still take it for granted sometimes that I have the ability to run. I can so I can definitely take it, take um, take it for granted that I have the ability to go lift weights, and it's just it is a reminder that it's just a reminder just to not take anything for granted. And the relationships I met with these kids was just amazing, and. Actually, I actually have a story for you. Uh, so at, at Variety's Peaceable Kingdom Retreat for Children, I don't even know if I say that right. I probably messed up the words. Um, where the kids with other guy posted and missing limbs. Uh, word got around that I was on the football team at Baylor. And then so some of the kids uh, were like, oh, let's play football. I'm like, hey, okay. And 
so with other grab poses, it's pretty much just stiff joints. So some of these kids, you know, they can't really move or bend their arms. They can't really move or bend their, their knee joints. But, man, these kids can catch a football like crazy. Hmm. It was, it was, was, I mean, I couldn't, I mean, we're not allowed to, like, take videos of the kids because of, like, it's their privacy and stuff. But the way they just, like, maneuver their hands and arms to catch a football and not be able to move, like, certain joints, which is, it was just like, wow, like, this is the coolest thing ever. And so we got a game. We got a game of, you know, counselors and arthrogryposes, uh, kids with arthrogryposes, missing limbs, and we're just playing a game of football together. And it was, like, the most, like, wow. moving thing I've ever been a part of. Yeah. Because you just see a bunch of people who are just so different from each other, but they're not because we're just playing a game of football together. And that just kind of felt like, like, it felt good. It felt good to see, like, everyone come together and just play football. This is just, just a sport that they would not be able to play back home with other kids, if we're being honest. Because, I mean, I've, I've never been picked first on, on a football team ever. Right. I mean, I was probably one of the last people to come on to the – I mean, I was the last person to be at Baylor in a football team this past season. And um, and so one, one kid uh, – one kid at the end of it really touched my heart and just really gave me, like – gave me, like, a – I mean, I, got, I still get chills when I think about this. And he told me that he came up to me. He's like, Ricardo, Ricardo, thank you for, thank you for, uh, for coming this week. I'm like, I'm like, hey man, no doubt. I can't really say, I can't say his name, but uh, right. I think he was about 10, 11 years old. He's like, he's told me because back home, no one wants to play couch with me. No one wants to play football with me. No one wants to play with me. And uh, and I, 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 I told him, you know, I mean, I'll play, I'll play football with you. I'll play couch with you all day. And uh, when he said that to me, it just kind of, I, I kind of felt like, I mean, I felt that before because I, I know what it's like to not have someone want to play catch with you. I know what it's, what it's like to not, have, to not want to throw, to not have someone want to throw football with you just because of the way you look. And it just, it just warmed my heart, but also kind of like hurt me at the same time because like I just have this platform that I never knew I had mm. until this kid really just told me it. And so when he told me this, it, it gave me a sense of like I need to go do more and so this is like was my next goal to do you know I, I thought that being on a football roster was the biggest mountain in the world but it's not I, I, there's more I have to go accomplish I have you know I have to go start my own foundation hmm. to go help kids with physical disabilities you know know that there's nothing in this world they can't accomplish you know I, I have to go do that I have to go be you know I, there's so many more things I just have to do in my life than just be a football player and be on a football roster because there's a lot more people who need my I, I don't want to say need my help but they need they need to see that that they can no I think you're right I don't know if they you know I don't know if it's they need Ricardo to go yes, do it exactly. but I think it's football is that mountaintop because if you weren't playing football you didn't have Baylor football would you still have the same platform right right you know when right. kids hear that you're on the roster at a division one right school I mean that gives you some even more credibility than somebody that's not exactly. playing football right no it just to me it shows I know one of the questions I, I'd sent you was the the way sports unites people in culture and kind of I typically ask that question you know a lot of race socioeconomic uh, differences, even political, religious, how sports brings us together. But what I was hearing through that story, though, was even in a different angle I've never thought about. 
that football even brings people together that the normal quote unquote normal person would think they can never play. Exactly. Right? But 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 football allowed all y'all to come together yeah. and to play a silly game, right? Yeah. But God can use a silly game to to teach lessons. No doubt. That's no doubt. good. So let me ask you before we get into a couple more deeper questions. Um, just one I'm just kind of curious about. You talked about starting a foundation, but what are career goals after college? Career goals? Um, I would love to go be a head coach at high school. That's awesome. I think that's something I really think I could be really good at. I really, I want to go be, if I'm being honest, I would love to go back to Plano West. Um, I love that high school so much, and I think that um, they just got a new head coach, Coach Sukup, and I think he's great, and I hope, and I so I'm so glad that he's there because I, I met him over the summer and I think he's a good coach uh, hopefully he does really good ends up going to college so I can go be that coach at Plano West <laughs> <laughs> you've, already, you've already got your hand on that job <laughs> yeah, yeah I really want to I really want to really um, just be a head coach at high school and I think I can be really good at that I also um, I love writing that's something that I've got into um, within the past year I've just been noticed that I've been writing a lot of uh, just this memoir stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I finished with an A in English uh, this past year, Baylor, both semesters. And uh, I wrote this one, uh, this one paper. And at the end of it, the professor, my professor wrote, uh, "If you don't write an autobiography, I don't know what you're doing with your life." <laughs> and so it was really, wow. it was really, it was really uh, cool, to, cool to hear because I just kind of like I never really thought I was ever, ever a good writer, but um, him saying that kind of gives me like motivation to keep writing. And um, I would love to go do more uh, public speaking. I would love to be a award renowned speaker. I think I could, um, but I think that's not really my focus yet. So I don't really want to try to do that yet, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I would like to, when, is, when, is, when I feel like that's my calling to do, then I want to go do that. But um, I would love to be a head coach at a high school. And you mentioned the writing, and when you and I talked on the phone a month or so ago, you mentioned uh, writing so. What have you seen God teach you through that? I mean, is it just yeah. writing memoirs? Or? No, I, I think that he sees me just... I think everyone has their own story to tell. Hmm. That's and good. that um, that everyone's story should be told as well within that. And just looking back on what I've been... You know, the stuff I've been writing, and hopefully I can post one of them soon. I don't, I'm just trying to get it, make sure it looks it looks good. You know, I don't want to... I don't want to... Uh, post something that has so many fragments or anything <laughs> in the writing, but I think really God just showed me that you know look at look at the life that you lived, it is, it is worth everything and more, and you should go share it. Mm. And I think that's really just been the theme that He's been telling me lately when I'm writing, and um, so hopefully, hopefully we'll see where that leads me. But uh, a book seems something that I really want to do. That's good. You're right. Everybody has a story. Yes, sir. You know, and it does need to be told. So a lot of our listeners are student athletes and coaches, and it's not always easy for them to to be bold in their faith. Just It just can be difficult times. So how would you encourage a student athlete especially who sees athletics as a platform that can be used for good? Yeah. How would you encourage them to, to do that? I mean, just, just be the leader on their team. Just to be the leader and leader in their family, leader, you know, if they're an older brother, just be the best they can be. And you know, I'm I'm not I'm not perfect at all. You know, I I know my flaws, and you know, I there's some words I shouldn't say. There's some things I shouldn't do. And um, but at the end of the day, I just try to be the best I can be. You know, you're not you're not um, you're not condemned by anything. You're not chained by any sin. You know, God 
you know, that's that was that was paid for on the cross. Mm. And so just really just try to be the best you can be each and every day. And the platform you have, you don't you don't know how big it is. Like I don't even know how big how big my platform is really. I don't think anyone really knows. Um, just because it's just so great and just so it's just so big that just try to be the best you can be in everything you do. If you're if you're on, if you're on the team and you know you're not one of the you know the starters, and just work hard. And if you're on the team, you know you're a starter, work even harder. And if you're if you're head coach of a football team, you know keep learning, keep try to build that relationship with the kid. You know because not not everyone's on not every head coach is close with every single person on the team, and and that's and you know that's what it is what it is. But just try to go just if you're a coach. Be be more for the players. You know, try, try to learn more about your players and just try to teach them football. Because at the end of the day, it's it's bigger than just football. You know, you're we're raising. You know, you're raising. You know, future husbands, future um, future fathers. Is it where it's fathers? Future fathers, and you don't know the impact you have as a coach. Um, it's just bigger than just teaching them. You know, a four three defense or a slant route. It's bigger than that. That's right. That's good. I like that because relationships definitely are very important Uh, that's good Um, a lot of people have a favorite scripture um, a life verse some people call it so or you know I ask you do you have do you have a favorite scripture to share or maybe one that God's shown you recently I think I think everyone has a different relationship with God Um, and it I'm I I should read the Bible way more than I than I should Um, but I think God really speaks to me in and themes in my life and what he's showing me lately is that is that you have to you have to never be scared of anything in this world you know God God gave me a spirit that God I, I was not I'm not made with a spirit of fear I'm made with a spirit to be victorious you know mm. the the battle is already won the war is already won I'm already victorious now it's time to go in and that's really what God is telling me lately is that is that I shouldn't be scared of anything. You know, I shouldn't I shouldn't question him because because he's just so great. I mean, this is the God who made, you know, earth, the whole entire world in seven days. And this is the same God that got me to Baylor and got me to Baylor and, you know, full year of tuition paid and and less than in less than two weeks. You know, this is this is God. You know, nothing nothing is bigger than God. So I don't know, you know, just he, he just, the theme is telling me just to just to trust him in everything that I do. That's good. I like that. You know, just a reminder that, yeah, what, what are we going to be afraid of? The battle's won. Yeah, no doubt. That's good. So the last question, I think you've already hit on this quite a bit, but um, two words, all in. It's real big in sports. Um, Clemson has it on the chin strap. There's T-shirts. Uh, Baylor's used it, at least mm-hmm. Baylor basketball, I know, on T-shirts. So, But also, it's all throughout the Bible. You know where Jesus says, if we're going to follow Him, you know we got to be put ourselves aside and be all in for Him. So, what does that look like for you, being all in in your walk with Christ? It's really just trusting God. It's having no doubt of anything, and it's just trusting that at the end of the day, that no matter how big the storm is, no matter how big the adversity is, that He's going to get you through it. Um, you know, there's times in my life where I felt like giving up. Times in life where I felt like just throwing in the towel and just going back to where I was, you know, just the mad, the mad kid that I was, and um, because you know when I got, 
you know, being at Baylor now, after the tuition was paid and after um, the money was there, you know, it wasn't all sunshine and roses. And just realizing that, you know, life is going to keep coming at you and keep coming at you. You know, there's no, you don't really get a break. You might think, you might think there's a break, but right when you get comfortable, uh, <laughs> there's more punches thrown at you. And that's fine. You know, that's just, that's just the life we live in. That's the life we take. And um, it's really just to keep trusting God when, even when things, you know, get a little calm, you know, keep trusting even more because that's when, <laughs> that's when things start coming at you too. Um, so being all in with Christ is just trusting him in everything you do, trusting that at the end of the day, it's going to be all right. That's good. No, that's a good reminder. I know I need that all the time because just when, you know, when things are going good, we kind of lose focus at times, right? And then it's, but to your point, life's always going to come at us. We're right. always going to have those trials and difficult circumstances. So yeah, we trust God and just no matter the size of the storm, just keep going. That's good. I like that. Well, I know it's um, got a lot going on the last couple of weeks of summer before you head back to Baylor, so I appreciate you taking some time and letting us sit down oh, and course, hear more of, of your course. story and um, and share your story. Because like you said, everybody's got a story. Right. Thanks a lot. Yes, sir. Thank you, story, you so bet. much. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Ricardo as much as I enjoyed talking to him. And you got a glimpse of who he is, and like I said in the intro, just a passion for life, a passion for loving and serving God and loving and serving others. I love the quote, the only disability in the world is a bad attitude. Boy, that hit me hard because a lot of days I wake up with a bad attitude when I start thinking about things I don't want to do and and not looking at life and being thankful for the very breath in my lungs and the ability to get out of bed because there's so many people that don't have that ability. So thank you to Ricardo for encouraging us, for challenging us. Um, He talked about being a leader. Don't have the spirit of fear because no matter what battle we're walking through, it's already been won. You're going to face a storm. You're going to face a challenge. Embrace it. No matter how big or how small, just keep going because in the end, nothing is bigger than our God. Nothing is bigger than the God that we serve. And that the battle is won. So don't have any doubts. Just continue to trust God. I, I want to ask you to, to please forward this episode to somebody in your life, a family member or a friend that needs to be encouraged. I believe that Ricardo's story can, can encourage and can challenge many of us, just like it did me, and hopefully it did you. So thank you again for listening. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your constant encouragement. Look us up on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just type in All In Sports Outreach. It'll take you to our our pages, and you can interact with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find out opportunities to pray for us, to serve with us at The Give, or you can also go to our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org. Again, we'd love to hear from you. Most of all, thank you for your constant prayers, your encouragement, and your support.